0: From the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. The Sean
1: Watson and the NFL have settled on 11 games for the suspension, along with uh, compliance with counseling and a $5 million fine. OutKick 360, power number two from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Across the Outkick Network and streaming live video at outkick.com. Uh, guys, our initial reaction to this is, wow, I mean, he's missing 11 games, but this does not seem like some happy day at the NFL offices, at least to me. I know, uh, Chad, your, your overall take is the NFL wins. They, they win either way here. Um, the Browns are the ones you know, missing out on the 11 games. Watson is, to me, this feels like a big win for him. I know the six games was, you know, better for him, but I mean, he gets away with a $5 million fine, which is half of what was reportedly offered and a game less than what the NFL really wanted, and he has a bye week to prepare to go on the road against Houston when and he comes back.
2: I think the total amount of money he's going to forfeit this year with the suspension is like, $627, yeah. $627, yeah. like so six hundred and twenty-seven thousand dollars. five point six total. Yeah, because the way they the way they structured it, so but he's that, been that's earning all interest that he's on ten
3: million from from last year. It's a huge it's
2: done. a huge win for Deshaun Watson, I think, in the end. And it's it, the NFL does not lose; they have rigged the game to where they don't lose. That they do not lose in this. It's I said it from the beginning that I thought we were going to see a scenario where Roger Goodell or the NFL would have the power to come back and look like they're being really strong against sexual assault, right? even if it was all just for optics. Um, It it didn't go as far as I thought because they settled instead of coming back and saying a season or coming back and just saying 12 games without a settlement or whatever it may be. But in the end, they get Deshaun Watson back, to take on his old team, the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans are the biggest losers in all of this, with what that happened last year, and now they're going to face their old quarterback in game number one when he comes back. But outside of that, it's a win for Deshaun Watson. I think it's a it's a small win for the NFL, and it's business as usual. And you still have Deshaun Watson coming out and claiming his innocence and, and saying he's not, you know, he's yeah. innocent in all the, in this whole case, even though he's being forced to go to counseling for it.
3: Why settle? You had control of the whole situation. You had uh, your designee who, you know, everybody believed was going to do what you wanted. And all indications were what the league wanted was a full season or better yet indefinite, which would have been a full season with meeting criteria in order to be reinstated. It would have told the contract yeah. which would have prevented him from making a big base salary next year, pushing everything back. They seem to be in control of the situation. So what was the lure for them to want to negotiate? I, I, that, that's the question I want.
1: The only thing I, I can think of, Paul, is they, they feared that they wouldn't get the full season suspension.
3: But would they have done worse than this? This seems like the worst they would have I, done. I, yeah, I'm thinking no, I with agree. their own no, appointee. I, I agree. Who's worked with the league before but, uh, on the, domestic violence?
1: Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. The, the assumption is that he would do the, the league's bidding. But honestly, whenever the process started, I thought Sue Robinson would do that. And she pointed back to precedent. So maybe they feared that this guy was going to do something similar. Like, hey, you want me to... I'm hearing this appeal. I'm appealing something based on the suspension handed down by Sue Robinson who pointed at the... The precedent set from years prior in such cases but if you want to reset the precedent why didn't goodell just hand down his own punishment go do it uh, that, that's what's so confusing here they've spent a lot of time and uh, air they've wasted I mean, talking about this but yet when they when it came actually down in time to do something they negotiated with him what's the leverage for deshaun watson's camp when trying to settle with
2: the NFL, I mean, they got the settlement, so they they had something.
3: Yeah, but we don't. They did something. I
2: mean, what what is the argument? What? It, well, so the if, theory if he's going to continue to claim his innocence, the theory is what I, what do they have? They they have the two cases that were thrown out in the grand jury that right. they keep they keep bringing the, back up.
1: But, the, but the, the theory is they so they interviewed eleven people of the twenty four right the league I'm talking about. The theory is they only presented four of them is. Because Watson's camp has text messages and exchanges with the others that could present some sort of communication and um, open dialogue to whatever was going down. Like th- that's the theory anyway. Because why else would you not present all of it in front of a hearing like this?
3: Hey, just a quick aside, we're talking about the potential for them this game to be flexed. His mm-hmm. return game, which is December 4th, Browns at Texans. The Sunday night game that week, seven twenty Central, Colts at Cowboys.
1: Uh, no, you're, you're not flexing the Cowboys out of anything. Generally
3: not, unless no. things have gone really bad. And Houston's not going to have a good record, and Cleveland's not going to have a good record. Right. So it's a very intriguing matchup, but it's not a playoff implication matchup. It'll be a f- 3 o'clock Central game. They could move it to that window. It's right now a, a noon a 1 o'clock Eastern game. The Monday night game that week is Saints-Bucks.
1: The the Cowboys will pull 50 million viewers. Yeah,
2: what did the Texans do to the league?
1: <laughs>
3: That's what I want to know.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, they're just getting at every turn. Just, hey, deal with it. Well, the Houston. Texans
3: did some of it to themselves in that. And, and Watson did it to them in that. He wasn't going to play for them anyway before any of this came down. Right. So the league as ridiculous as it is, pushed it back and was off the hook. We don't have to do anything. But how is that the Texans' fault? It's not. Well, you said the Texans did this to themselves. No. Well, they did it to themselves in that they created an atmosphere where Deshaun Watson wanted out. They had a bad football thing going on in the first place. So they had a player demanding a trade before any of this happened. Things were already a mess. Well, they had a bad
2: football thing going on, and they reset by getting rid of the coach and bringing in a new one. And the new coach stood right over here and talked to us and said, I've met with him, wanting him to play. And he wouldn't even talk to me about it. Yeah, he said I he, mean, Well, he that's said,
3: him. None of that's the league. Yeah. But
2: again, that's not...
1: That's not the Texans.
2: That's still not the Texans. The Texans, yes, they had a bad football situation going. And they got rid of the coach and they brought in a new GM.
3: And, no, and, Casario was in place. Well, Deshaun Watson,
2: though, still wouldn't play for it. I don't,
1: I don't see how any of that's their fault. Well, it, the whole thing is strange because it was five months earlier whenever he signed his $100 million extension.
3: Well, they could have dealt them. is what they could have done. They should have. Yeah. In, in hindsight, it's easy to say because you don't know these allegations are coming up. But the way things have come to a head with some of these trades, like we'll use A.J. Brown, Titans knew it was going to get ugly and not be solvable. Now, we don't know if they're going to come out winners or losers in this thing, but they decided we can't have this poison around us. We got to get out of it. And they got out of it and they got what they thought was a fair deal for it. Teams were chomping at the bit for Deshaun Watson before the massage stuff came out and the Texans decided not to trade. That's part on luck, but it's also, you know,
2: bad time. They didn't do anything to deserve this. I don't think. I mean, I don't think with the the league doing this, I
1: don't. Yeah. I don't know what the, I mean, how, what's the reaction today when Cal McNair calls up the league office and says, really? Like, you expect me to just think that this is some random number that you guys agreed to, and whenever the schedule was made, you weren't considering this?
3: Because I you don't the, want that the Texan, atmosphere I, I, there, I right? Mean, I think the Texans are in position to go for a high draft pick this year. It might be great. For-
2: uh, still, well, it's just a slap in the face. It's like when the Titans yeah. were sent the D the the squad. Yeah, they got the it the it guys has penalized. that same
1: vibe to it, but worse, honestly.
2: Yeah, you got to... I, I would be bowing my neck right now if I were Texans ownership talking to the league about this because this is ridiculous.
3: You no, know, I think Texans ownership has very little well, sway cl- with the clearly. league. But, uh, <laughs> the son doesn't. The I dad mean, did.
2: Clearly. They, the league has no problem screwing over the Texans with this.
1: The other Texas team, the Dallas Cowboys, um, and I shouldn't even say the other Texas team, uh, the Texas team. <laughs> uh, Good they, correction. They are... Uh, uh, Playoff uh, contributors last year lost in the wild card to the 49ers. 12 and 5 season. You see the losses that they had. They, they decided by their own choice to part ways with Amari Cooper. They trade him to Cleveland. They lose Randy Gregory. Uh, Cedric Wilson, who's a very valuable asset to their offense, he's now in Miami. Connor Williams is uh, no longer a part of that offensive line. Uh, same for Lyle Collins. They did add Tyler Smith through the draft on the offensive line. Uh, but they get, I think the keys are here, they get some health back in the backfield. Ezekiel Elliott and Pollard are back. Uh, Dak Prescott continues with CD Lamb. I should point out CD Lamb is missing joint practice work right now with a foot issue. Um, but how do we view Dallas moving forward where it is a results season for them and Mike McCarthy?
3: It's, it's a bad division. Again, you're not expecting much out of the Giants or the Commanders. Philadelphia is a bit of a question mark. Got to make hay in the division, first and foremost. You got Prescott and Elliott, ideally healthy simultaneously. But, you know, this team just doesn't get it done if it gets to the playoffs. And the injuries seem to mount at the wrong times. Uh, Tyron Smith, for example, very good left tackle. He has missed three or more games in six consecutive seasons. So there's always something going on yeah. there. There's never just steady and trouble-free in Dallas, is it? They were plus 14 in turnovers last year. They had nine picks, get this. Here's you have backup quarterback story coming. Yep. Nine picks against Mike Glennon and Tyson Hill. <laughs> so that that regresses. You're not going to get those those gifts. You're not going to see Mike Glennon. I think he's finally out of the league right now. Um You know, I think they're a good team that I don't have big expectations for once they get to the playoffs.
1: If they if they repeat what they did on defense, with Micah Parsons taking another step forward. I mean, he's a candidate for Defensive Player of the Year in Vegas. I mean, he's up. He's in the top five. You have Diggs, who tied the rookie record for interceptions in in a regular season. They led the league in turnovers, in producing turnovers. They get after it on defense. If they repeat that effort on defense and they stay, to what Paul's saying, healthy-ish on offense.
3: Key guys, at least. Key guys.
1: What can they end up doing?
2: Well, Dan Quinn wins NFL assistant coach of the year last year because there's a complete revamping of a defense that was historically bad from two seasons ago to last year. So there's a big jump up there. There could be another slight jump up, but – also look at it and say well there no no Randy Gregory who's off to Denver um it's just i, I look at the same Cedric Wilson Jr. A terrific player by the way probably he lost under under good receiver yeah i mean i there's no uh, argument for addition by subtraction with some of the guys they're Cap losing stuff. versus who they're bringing in and the comparison with a lot of Cowboys fans is look at what the Rams did in an offseason, and they went out and won the Super Bowl We're the Dallas Cowboys. We're the ones getting 50 million people, you know, a a, a Sunday to watch our games. Why does it look like it's going in reverse when you look at the Cowboys who lost in the wild card round a year ago to this year? And I can't really argue with that. I still think they're good enough to win this division. I think they probably will win the division, but they're not
3: going anywhere in the playoffs the way they're currently constructed. I mean, if you're picking them to to go to the NFC Championship game or to the Super Bowl – you're just looking at your watch saying, like, all right, they're going to bust through at some point, and I'm picking this to be the year well, where they go against their recent history, the, which at recent, I mean the last 20, 25, 30 years. Two things. First, Michael Gallup
1: being a true number two to C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb last year had 1,100 yards receiving, but without Cooper there, can he now take that to 1,500 yards He's receiving? very good. Can he add four or five more touchdowns? Uh, to his overall stat line. Uh, That's one key. Um, And and then the other one that that they're really betting on is Dalton Schultz at tight end. They franchise tagged him prior to allowing him to get to uh, the open market. He was going to be an unrestricted free agent. He has played in every game over the last three years. That's what they need. And he has 12 touchdowns combined for 1,500 yards over the last two years. So if he now becomes a household name at the tight end position where tight ends are very well known now across the league, that can make up a lot of what they may be missing by not having Amari Cooper and others there.
3: I just got this mental block about the playoffs. Something always yeah. goes wrong, and it's like America's yeah. team, America's agony. Yeah. Uh, there's that storyline with talking well, heads on TV screaming about their failures. Yeah. It's what they're supposed to do.
1: You see the stat line for Prescott, 4500 yards, 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. I mean, that's efficiency.
3: But give him what, 13 seconds or 14 seconds to get down and get the ball spotted for a spike and yeah, yeah he had that, a he had that Situation. calf injury
2: against New
1: England last year and he he really wasn't the same from that point forward. But you know what? Um you mentioned misery and agony. At least they're not the New York Giants. Oh. Uh, that <laughs> continue our uh our preview worst of the NFC the East, they've had the, the worst offseason award uh, handed to them based on, I mean, their own coach 11 days ago, 12 days ago, saying that, that they were not uh, nearly conditioned for the regular season yet. That's in 2022. That's for? not 1984 we're talking <laughs> yeah, well, about. Four and 13 last we got year. We time. The John yeah. Madden
2: Raiders would, would co- show up to camp. Daniel
1: Jones, who they, are, they want to let it rip. The coaching staff has an offense. They want to push and press the issue. This guy is a turnover machine when he's done that in his first year of the career. They backed him down and tried to have more conservative offense uh, around him, and now they're trying to amp up more production. Saquon Barkley um, – Gets an extension, but has not produced because he can't stay healthy. Their offensive line has been misery. They're trying to rework that. And meanwhile, they have lost and are dropping like flies to injuries, both last year, and that's carried over to camp so far. It's bad.
3: Uh, Daniel Jones. <laughs> Daniel Jones, 36 fumbles in 38 starts. You can't live with that. 29 picks, 44 touchdowns. You can't live with that. The one thing you could hope for is that they're healthier. Thomas hurt last year. Jones, Barkley, wide receivers—they got six starts last year from Mike Glennon. I can't avoid talking about this guy, my least favorite backup, maybe in history, and from Jake Fromm. <laughs> do do okay. you even remember that Jake Fromm started oh. games in the NFL last year? Uh, six games. Not from, until.
2: Not until you reminded from me of Mike about.
3: Glennon and Jake Fromm. <laughs> and, and and the solution to this is to get more Daniel Jones.
1: Yeah, well, what they're going to have is Tyrod Taylor.
3: Yeah, well, which is a substantial upgrade.
1: Yeah, uh, Tyrod Taylor over under. Uh, he's playing by October. Well, he's playing. He's, he's great uh, at finding games. that right spot.
2: You, you know that if.
1: Teron Taylor comes
2: to your team. You better watch out if you're the starter, because he's he's like, all right, he's got the voodoo doll out, (laughs) and you're going to go down at some point, either with poor play or injury, and and he's going to be in there. Here's
3: my one other just uh, jinx. Blake Benningfield, former Titan scout for 19 years, who writes for my my site, consistently every time he wrote about the Colts, wrote about Mark Glowinski, the right guard for the Colts. How is this guy continuing to start? He's terrible. Picking apart his game every time. The Giants sign him as an un- unrestricted free agent. That's engine. the guy we need, and we he's their starting right guard.
2: So the, the hope is that Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari make up a dynamic one-two edge rushing punch and for o- the Giants. Ojalari
1: has been clear; he's he's healthy o- now. Ojalari had eight had sacks
2: eight sacks a year ago. um Moving forward, you know that's. That's the hope is that you just created a very dynamic pass rush with those two guys for years to come. Leonard Williams in his eighth year. Remind me, was Leonard Williams one of the players rep by the woman that Paul yes. got into a fight with uh, yes. in Arizona? Yep. I remember going really to her bad. roster of clients and he said, Oh, yeah, I bet Scrub. you don't have anyone that Scrub. I know. Scrub, Scrub. Oh, he, he wasn't <laughs> the And it was the alphabetical order, so you got the Williams. Oh, yeah. Leonard, Leonard, well, Leonard Williams trouble. was... <laughs> I thought I was in the clear. Because there was a lot of projections of the Titans drafting Leonard Williams yeah. at that point. And yeah. That, yeah. that was the first one that made your eyes open. Oh, Leonard Williams, that's not good. Yeah. I forget who the other player I was. I thought I was that, off that, the oh, hook. Oh, no. <laughs> and then went the other ones after that. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it's... They're just bad. I mean, when it's Wondell awful. Robinson, who's a really good player at Kentucky and could be a good pro. But when you're going into week one... Relying on Wandell Robinson as a key playmaker
1: right out of the gates against the Titans. First-year head coach trying to – and first-year first, first year GM just trying to change the culture, and it's not happening this season. And it's they're not, not getting the, the playbook
3: apparently so far, which is a yeah. bad sign about yeah. transitional coaching.
1: Armando Salguero about to join us from outkick.com. We'll get back into the headline discussion of the day, which is Deshaun Watson and his suspension of 11 games – uh an agreement a settlement through the league. We'll uh, dig through this with Armando Salguero next on Outkick
3: 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes.
1: OutKick 360 rolls on with Armando Salguero of OutKick.com. Love uh, reading his work daily. And you can read his reaction and analysis of the settlement. The NFL settling with Deshaun Watson today on 11 games. $5 million fine. It ends up being 5.6 because the games missed also count here. 5.6 million. And he will go to counseling. And then we will return in a game at Houston coming off a Browns bye week. Hutton, you just hit the name of the documentary, The Settlement. The Settlement. The story of Deshaun Watson. It'll be called The Settlement. Armando, your reaction to seeing 11 games and first game back at Houston for Deshaun Watson this morning?
0: Yeah, the first game back at Houston for Deshaun Watson and the NFL is a little tone deaf, I think. Um, That is where the, you know, two dozen area massage therapist, the female massage therapist, alleged that Deshaun Watson uh, harassed them and, uh, you know, to some degree sexually abused them, assaulted them, and to the degree where the NFL investigation said that the NFL had, a, had proven that Deshaun Watson had sexually assaulted them. So I, I just don't understand the return to houston triumphant thing after his suspension i that that's that feels icky to me absolutely icky to me um i mean they i would have preferred honestly a uh, a suspension that takes another game out of them and maybe less of a fine and yeah. and now you've got something that feels a little bit Uh, more equitable, especially to the alleged victims. Uh, Beyond that, there's the question of the remorse thing, because Suelle Robinson, who was the original disciplinary officer, she made a point of saying in her report that one of the aggravating factors in her making her decision was the fact that Deshaun Watson showed a total lack of remorse over this whole entire episode and this whole entire saga. And so today, the Browns release a Deshaun Watson statement post the settlement, and it says that he apologizes. Except that like 10 minutes later, Deshaun Watson is speaking with reporters in person at a press conference at the... Cleveland Browns facility and he claims his innocence and he says that he can, is, you know, innocent of everything and that he never harassed or, you know, did anything to the alleged victims. So what is it? Are you innocent or are you uh, remorseful or what is it? Where, where do we fall on this? It, it's just very, it, it, I'm not smart enough to figure it out.
2: And I'm I'm not smart enough to figure out, Armando, why the NFL would settle when they had the power to just come back and say you're suspended indefinitely or it's going to be a full season because it seems to me that one of the things that you would have to agree to on any settlement would be Deshaun Watson admitting some sort of contrition or remorse about what he has done, but instead, yeah, I'm going to go to counseling to better myself but I didn't do anything wrong. I'm completely innocent of everything. So what is the point and why would the NFL settle in this case if, in fact, they wanted a full season suspension?
0: Because, Chad, they didn't want litigation in in a federal courtroom. They didn't want this to turn into a years-long situation, which would probably include a lot of discovery which the nfl is never as a private business eager to uncover and so that's one way to to make this stop here and it goes away here and everything else that happens from here on out is a public relations issue but not a civil court issue
1: and they i i I would guess in some sense armando if if they're wanting to avoid litigation. If they, if they come with, if they drop the hammer on him and they suspend him indefinitely, more or less a ban. Do you think they were worried about Watson receiving an injunction that would allow him to play week one?
0: Well, here, here there's, there's two streams of thought on that. Some folks think that the Watson side could have found a judge to give them that temporary injunction. There is another stream of thought that says, well, you never appealed the six-game ban. You accepted that. And so that's where we start. You don't come right back and start in the season opener. You have to wait at least until after six games to then uh, have the temporary injunction kick in.
3: So on to a quarterback who we expect to be playing on opening day, Tom Brady, who uh, wasn't here in Nashville, obviously with the Bucs for joint practices that concluded today, won't be here Saturday night. Todd Bowles said today, he doesn't know when he's going to be back, that it's going to be, he said, from the start after the Titans game, and it will be after the Titans game. He doesn't know when after the Titans game. Uh, Adding more intrigue to this mystery of where exactly he is and what exactly he's doing and stirring up more speculation that maybe he's not feeling it. Um, how how badly do you think the Bucks have handled this? Is it a big deal to you that they haven't said more?
0: No. Um, it's a big deal to me, and I think it's a big deal to everyone. If we are in September... And suddenly, you know, you've got an NFL season that is looming and Brady's not around. Uh, it's a big deal if he misses practice prior to the week of the season opener. That's when it becomes a little, you know, harried for everybody. I don't think it'll get to that. I was at the Bucks last week uh, for their dual practices with the Dolphins. I was at the Jaguars yesterday, by the way, uh, and I'll be with the Eagles next week. But having said that, I talked to Todd Bowles and he didn't tell me anything that was worth reporting, but he was very comfortable when I brought it up that this would be fine. And sometimes, guys, coaches just decide, you keep asking me, I'm going to, you know, I'm kind of going to draw the line and not give you anything anymore and not offer you any more details and basically tell you, I don't know. And sometimes coaches do that when in fact, and indeed they know. So I wouldn't be surprised if after, you know, a ubiquitous amount of questions about Tom Brady's return, Todd Bowles just decided I'm not giving you anything anymore.
1: It. Fair to assume this wasn't planned. It was totally planned from the start, from when they, when he came back from retirement.
0: Not when he came back from retirement prior to training camp, though. Yeah,
1: because he missed. So he missed uh, the practice on his birthday, and then he didn't practice for two days after that. One of those was a team day off, but again, that was three days. He practiced four times, and now he's on this sabbatical where they're not letting people know when he's back. And I, it's either, you know, that I'm going by Rick Stroud's report that it's not family-related, health-related, uh, of the sort. So that allows us to speculate, so if you'll indulge. Like, I, it's either burnout or, and I don't, I don't think it's that based on his statement when he announced he was coming back. I don't think he really wanted to retire. Um, and we debated that for a month, the long 40 days. Um, is it because Arians is still around and still poking around the offense? He's there. <laughs> Hey, he's very visible out there. I, and I, I was kind of surprised to see him. In, he's not in the huddle. He's not calling plays, but he's chilling on a golf cart right behind the huddle. I mean, he's, he's there while Bowles is on the sideline. He's behind the huddle with Vrabel yesterday. Like I, 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 I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And if you buy into the brady arians divorce, maybe there's something to that.
0: You're saying that this was Tom Brady trying to restate the point that he hates Bruce Arians and until he leaves, he's not coming back? Is that what you're you're saying? I'm saying
1: there's no coincidence that the dude went to Europe, met with team ownership. A day after Arians announced he was turning things over to Bowles, Brady's back.
0: So it's a it's it's a big you know back and forth between Aryans and Brady. If that were you know, let's let's play the game, right? Let's do the yeah. exercise. Yeah, that's true. There's a Goliath in that in that battle, and the other guy he is Bruce Aryans. Right. Okay, right. Uh, he's got no real say so, no real power. What he has right now is a role in which he gets to give his opinion to the general manager, not to Todd Bowles, not to Clyde Christensen, the quarterback coach, not to Byron Lefwich, the offensive coordinator, and definitely not to Tom Brady. Although I guess I'm the guy that isn't the big um conspiracy theorist. everybody that i've talked to has said that brady and arians are fine that they don't hate each other like we all believe that it's it's fine um and so look i don't know why tom brady is away specifically it's not like you said it's not a health issue you don't plan health issues before training camp it, it's not uh you know, birthdays. I checked everybody's birthday. But,
1: okay, but but if it's planned, you know when the dude's back, Armando.
0: Who says that they don't know? Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles told the media he doesn't know. Well, exactly. Would if, you agree with me? If you, you know what difference me, does it make if he's what, what sometimes tell the media lies?
1: But why,
2: here here but would what's
0: be, the point of lying
1: yeah, about when Tom Brady's returning to the huddle in a practice? Yeah, here's here's what doesn't
2: connect with me, Armando, on it, because I, I, I agree with pretty much everything you're saying, but it just makes no logical sense as to why Tampa wouldn't just say this was a pre-planned thing, it's maintenance, it's whatever it <laughs> is, and we know what's going on, and we're just going to stop talking about it's, it right now. And Tom weird. Brady will be back for the season if that's in fact the case they're creating more of a story where there may not need to be a story at all. To your argument, there may not need to be a story at all. Fine. But then if Tampa would just say it, boom, it's over. It's done. No one's going to question Tom Brady if he wanted to stay away for 10 days.
0: Fair. That's true. But if Tom Brady doesn't want anybody to know and anyone to talk about it, does Tampa go out and do that? And risk it becoming a thing internally. Where is Jim Gray when we need him?
1: <laughs> it's time for an interview with Tom Brady, Jim. We need him to poke out from behind a palm tree somewhere hey, and starting find a, Tom starting Brady. Start the preseason instead I, of the regular season. You mentioned you went to, to Jags camp. Tell us about Trevor Lawrence because he looked excellent in the preseason performance.
0: So, granted, I was only there a day, yeah, right? Yeah.
1: It's a snapshot. So,
0: yeah, it's a snapshot in time. And I apparently picked a bad time,
1: <laughs> because good, I'm, yeah. it was not
0: pretty. It I mean, was not pretty yesterday.
1: Balance me out he here because a, he looked he looked awesome in the preseason drive.
0: Yeah, he looked not not good in the uh, in this practice. He threw a couple of interceptions, a lot of balls that were uh, either late or behind receivers. There were completions where the receiver is reaching back and and catching them. And afterward, he admitted that it wasn't a, a good day, but that there were reasons. And the reason was that the defense was blitzing him and showing him all sorts of things that neither he nor the offense expected. And then came the spin. And the spin is, but now if we... If that happens during the season and we haven't game planned for something, at least we'll know how to react. So that was the spin. In talking to Doug Peterson off to the side, he said to me that Trevor Lawrence is every bit as advertised as you might hear. So there is no concern in Jacksonville about Trevor Lawrence. One bad Salguero attended practice notwithstanding
2: what uh what was the general vibe around the change in leadership from urban Meyer to Doug Peterson from everyone you talked to in Jacksonville what did you did just did you get a big gust of fresh air as you walked into the the facility there what was that part of it like
0: <laughs> so the general vibe was as follows Chad yeah <laughs>
2: Is it what? But Armando, was it uh, a party time? Yay! You know we're not going to have to be held accountable again because we're a organization yeah. that's ran by a lack of accountability. So it's you know the 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 uh, the substitute teachers in and we get to do what we want. Or was it a this guy knows how to lead a championship organization and we are going to follow type? Yay! It was
0: it was a clown time is over type. Yay! And now we've got a guy that knows how to be a professional, a professional football coach, not college professional, and not only that, but he's won a Super Bowl as a professional football coach, and so that is the that is what the jaguars are hanging their hat on as the reason that doug peterson is a is the right guy.
3: We just had our preview conversation about the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, what kind of odds do you give? What what kind of uh, earth-shattering event would have to happen for the Cowboys to have their their playoff breakthrough finally this season?
0: Well, let's start with discipline, right? Paul, I mean,
3: 17 penalties are- you like that? <laughs>
0: They are among the most undisciplined teams in the NFL, if not the most undisciplined team in the NFL. And they have so much talent that they can, or at least have had so much talent that they can overcome and win a mediocre division. But uh, they can't, once they get into the playoffs, they can't be those those guys, that team that has no discipline and, and expect or hope to advance. Last year, they led the NFL in penalties with 141, maybe 144, don't quote me. and they get into the playoffs and they have 14 penalties in a playoff loss. And they start off this season in the preseason and they've got, what was it? 17, 17. penalties in the game. Yeah. So fix it, guys, or you're gonna you've continued to do the same things or you're going to you're going to continue to get the same results.
1: Armando Salguero has been our guest. Final thing on the way out, Armando. Baker Mayfield reportedly already, he, he's got the job. The, the Panthers are going to name him the, the starter for the regular season. What does Baker have in front of him, other than the opponents? I know they're playing Cleveland out, right out of the gate, but in terms of this one year, can mean what for Baker Mayfield in
0: Carolina? So if he, if he proves that he is Matt Stafford. If he proves that a bad team uh, was a quarterback away from being, and I'm not saying Super Bowl. Right, yeah, right. But a bad team was a quarterback away from being, you know, division relevant. That's pretty great for Baker Mayfield, I think. Uh, I'm not expecting them to go to the Super Bowl, but we've seen teams be a quarterback away. The 2019 Tampa Bay Buccaneers were seven and nine with Jameis Winston. They won the Super Bowl the next year with Tom Brady. The LA Rams were eh, okay with, you know, Jared Goff. They won the Super Bowl with Matt Stafford. I don't think the Carolina Panthers are that good otherwise, aside from quarterback, but they're not terrible. And so if Baker Mayfield is the guy that they believe he can be and the guy that he was drafted number one overall to be. Um, the sound that you're hearing next is a huge contract for Baker Mayfield. Yeah, and
1: I think I think he can be a $100 million contract worthy. Of course, his, he has to stay healthy. If Christian McCaffrey stays healthy, Baker Mayfield's getting a five-year $100 million contract. I mean, Sam Darnold was 3-0 and with Baker Mayfield last year. Sam Darnold looked good. With McCaffrey. Or with, with Christian McCaffrey healthy, yeah, last year. Um, if if McCaffrey stays healthy, Baker's going to get paid.
0: And if he doesn't, and Baker is not, you know, that great, and they're not that good, Matt Rule is gone.
1: Yes. Yep. And then Mayfield's probably signing like a three-year deal somewhere. You know, like. As a backup. Well, yeah, with incentives or something, yeah. Um, always look forward to your work. It's been great coverage of, of training camps and uh, that you've got all the news and notes available our listeners do at OutKick.com. Armando, thank you as always.
0: Thanks. Thank you.
1: There he is. He had, uh, he's got Indianapolis uh, Lucas Oil Stadium in the background today, by the way. We update that.
0: Shuffling
2: weekly. through the league. He, he goes right through it. Shuffles that deck weekly. He's going to look like stadiums. me in
3: press boxes this year with his picture taking in the in the press box. Yeah. Hutton knows how many pictures I take on my yeah.
1: He's a, average day. You should share with him all of yours and just let mm-hmm. him – he should have like a scroller during the Shared
3: file. Those Get all 32. Get yeah. yeah.
1: Stay tuned. We'll hit some, uh, more NFL headlines and uh, update you on some SEC topics 31. as well on Outkick 360. Outkick three hundred and sixty rolls on across the Outkick network. Joint practices across the league. Watson suspension. Busy day in the NFL. It always is. It always feels that it's, way. It's but
2: only going to get busier as we yeah. get closer to kickoff. Too. Yeah. Um, Funny how that works. Yeah. Things really pick up when games start happening in
1: all in all leagues. And you know, a week from a week from Saturday, we get college football. Vanderbilt at Hawaii, nine p.m. Eastern kickoff time. There's a number of games that day. There's actually a full slate game? of games. Uh, I it's Hawaii plus six and a half.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I I took Hawaii on that money line in that yeah. game, at home. That that that's where the odds are in your favor. Uh, but there's Nebraska, Northwestern. I think at, I think it's at eleven a.m. that day in Dublin, Ireland. Uh, there's maybe I'm off on the time on that. But there's a number of of games that first weekend, surprisingly. So, we're going to have... It's not just one or two games. It's going to be a full day of games. They're not all going to be great, but you're going to have college football n- a week from Saturday.
1: I was talking with uh, Clark, Clark Lee uh, last weekend for a piece that we'll uh, post at outkick.com. And it there's, you know, this stretch run now to where they, they're about to go into game week a week early, but... As he starts to look ahead on the calendar. By the way, for all those coaches that say it's one game at a time, Clark can uh, – Coach Lee can rattle off the schedule. He knows kind of the mindset of how the season flows.
3: A lot of coaches pretend they don't yeah. know and they beyond don't. the
1: next they, game. They, I, all the, I like the fact that he just don't, admits it. Like no, We got this, pretend? this, this. But he pointed out, he's like, look, we fly out Sunday for the nine-hour travel and we, we'll get in. We have to acclimate. You have you want to make sure the team doesn't view it as a vacation, which is very difficult to do because Hawaii, you know, they palm trees. Yeah, I mean, you, and the aside from just where you are, I think I think the university like rolls out the 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 you know the red carpet for you, so you feel like it's a vacation, right? Yeah, like you have everyone
2: that, who's on the trip is there for a vacation. It's I want not in you. on that vacation.
1: Beyond that, you fly back the next day. You have you know. Th- you get back extremely late, and then you have a quick turnaround for another game, and then you're quickly back on the road for two consecutive weeks, I think he was it's saying. It's
2: Elon, right. right? So they get a bit of a break with the opponent, and then it's to Northern Illinois. Yes, yeah, so the then you're back week.
1: on the road against the defending champs in the Yeah, it the takes Mac. a
2: while
3: to get and over so you're those just, flights. So you're,
1: you're just immediately into the grind of you know, the season. Every team's doing that, but he's having to mentally prepare. Like, this has been a long wait, I think, for him because you're playing in week zero and you're like, oh, it's, it's going to come, you know, it, it, regular season kicks off. But then you when you think about, he was like, when you think about September, you still feel like September's a few weeks away. But they're, you know, they're kicking off in a,
2: <laughs> in a short well, it's, amount it, of time from it, now. It's a big year for him and yeah. he's got a lot of new guys that's going to bring some more talent to the roster that he wants to see. So I, can, I would understand the anxiety of wanting to see those
1: guys perform
2: and get out there to see what you have. And we're going to start to see that a week from Saturday. Yes. Uh,
1: we continue the SEC conversation. We'll discuss the Aggies of A&M and hit more college football and NFL discussion. Plus, you can join the conversation on Twitter at OutKick360. You're listening to the OutKick Network.